My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Wow, that was very strange, folks. I went live and my screen did not show that I was live. So I apologize for the delay there and getting started. Couldn't, you know, me with technical issues, it happens like this every day, especially when I got an important show going on. Sorry about that. Uh, so uh, I hope uh, I am live now and everybody can hear me like normal anyway. Uh, so, wow. Welcome to Travel and Cruise Industry News on Thursday. October the 13th with a special guest this morning, Christy Durso. We'll get to Christy here in a little bit. The lead story today is cruise headaches for the new moon launch date. Got to talk about Tropical Storm Carl again because this is really weird. Itinerary changes for the Norwegian Joy. The Great Carnival Tau Caper. How's that for clickbait? I hate that. Norwegian Escape returns after a dry dock and a lot more live here at 11. Today, folks, is National No Bra Day. Oh, well. I don't write this stuff, folks. I just report it. If you're listening via the podcast welcome aboard you can always access the podcast via my blog accessadventure.net or wherever you get your podcast from like tune in spotify art radio google Podcasts, apple podcast amazon music any of them just search for travel and cruise industry news and up pops the fat travel guy and anytime when i post pictures or clips from the show uh, that you want to check them out, you can always go to the description of the podcast and click on the link to go to the video feed. That's always available in the description. Uh, just for a quick announcement, uh, this afternoon on the Cruise Amigos, we're going to have a live demonstration of someone sampling and testing some of Amigo John's edible products with all those letters that I never keep straight C B C T H whatever. That's gonna come on live at one o'clock Eastern time. That's noon central time. And uh let's see what it's one o'clock five six o'clock British summertime for you guys on the other side of the pond. We have a special guest today, Christy Durso. She's an entrepreneur, travel agent, disabilities advocate featured speaker she owns and operates incredible memories travel a full-service travel agent whose specialized niche is being the industry expert at special needs travel no further ado let me introduce you guys to christy christy welcome to chili chats 
Well, hi, I'm really glad to be here today. It's such an honor to get to speak with you on your show. Looking forward to it. Well, I have wanted to do this back since April <laughs> when I was on a cruise with Libby uh, Roed from Hawaii. And mm -hmm. she says, you got to get together with Christy. She would be just a natural for your show. And I said, okay. So we've been trying to do this now forever. And either I've been on traveling and on cruises or you've been gone or you. So it's just, finally, we got it together today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You just got back from Turks and Caicos. Yes. Yes, we did. Tell me how I know that just got inundated with uh, a hurricane just before you went, but you were lucky enough not to have any major storm damage where you were. Tell me about it. Well, that's right. We went to the amazing beaches, Turks and Caicos. And uh, as far as we could tell, there was very little to no damage at that resort at all. Uh, we had full access to everything. The beach was gorgeous. Um, the Our scuba divers did say that the visibility wasn't as great as they expected it to be while they were scuba diving, which is probably a result of that storm. But other than that, everything was really pretty clear. I will say my biggest disappointment there was I didn't see sea turtles. It's the first time I've gone to beaches, Turks and Caicos and not seen them. Uh, so I wonder if that may be a result of the storm as well. But really, that was all we saw of the storm was yeah. some uh, reduced visibility and no sea turtles. So. Well, I was really glad to see that the cruise port, of course, uh, most of my audience is more cruising than travel, but I was glad to see that the cruise port finally got opened this week because it the the cruise dock just got you know ripped away so yeah yeah all right you were recently in alaska talk, let's talk about alaska yes i actually got to go to alaska twice this summer and it was absolutely phenomenal um i got to go the first time in july with my husband, we did a cruise tour with Holland America. So we went to Denali first, and then we did a seven-night cruise after that. And it was just absolutely amazing. There were, of course, difficult things about the accessibility. Um, let me just back up for a second, because your audience may not know who I am. Uh, let me give a quick introduction so they know uh, why I'm talking about accessibility. I am a manual wheelchair user. I've been a full-time manual wheelchair user for about three and a half years. I have a genetic condition that has caused me to lose my mobility and to lose feeling in my legs. Um, I also have severe gastroparesis, so I'm on a very, very limited diet. And then I have three children, all who also have various levels of disability. My oldest child has the same genetic condition I do. She has her uh, mobility still, but she uses a cane from time to time for pain uh, when everything is flared up. She has 26 food allergies and celiac disease and a couple other um, autoimmune diseases thrown in there just for good measure. She also happens to be on the spectrum. My middle child is on the spectrum. And then our youngest, we adopted out of foster care and he is cognitively and intellectually disabled from fetal alcohol syndrome. So um, that's my family. My husband is active duty military. He's been in the military for 23 years. So we travel by nature. And then of course, when he gets home from deployment, we always like to do something special, which is how I got involved in the travel industry to begin with. Yep. So when I talk about accessibility, I talk about it from several different sides. We talk about mobility, hearing, visual, neurodiversities, hidden disabilities, and dietary accessibility. So as I talk about Alaska, I'll be focusing on mobility and dietary. Um, so on our first cruise, we went up to Denali and got to spend a few days there, and it was absolutely amazing. They were able to take us up in an accessible bus, uh, which was fantastic. And the resort was fairly accessible. It is very, very hilly, but every bus that they have that goes around that property has a wheelchair lift. So it's super easy to get around on the property. And of course, we did some excursions. We took the included one where you go on the bus tour into Denali National Park. And we were very, very blessed to be there on a super clear day. So we actually got to see the peak and not everybody does. So that was really exciting. We didn't see as much wildlife as 
a lot of people do, but we saw a couple of bears and sheep and things like that. So that was fun. I'd say the highlight for me in Denali was getting to go white water rafting. That was quite an experience. So. Old Tommy. All right. Being familiar with your disability and somewhat knowing my accessibility issues. How in the hell did you do that? Oh, we had a fantastic team over there um, in Denali that was able to help me. We got over there. They helped me get, they had me get dressed in a special place because we wore full dry suits because we're in glacial waters and they're so cold. Uh, So instead of putting me up on the deck, they brought everything down to me and I got dressed down on the lower area, pulled everything on. Then they drove us over. I'm fortunate enough. I am a manual chair user. I can transfer into a regular vehicle. So I was able to transfer onto their bus. They did not have an accessible bus that goes down there. So that's something we will be hopefully working on in the future. Got down to the loading area. uh, And then they had these great big rafts, uh, inflatable rafts. So what we did is I went in the back toward our host and they helped me slide my feet under the um, bumper in front of me and somebody sat on that. So even if I had the ability to, I wouldn't have been able to pull my feet out because they were under there to kind of act as a bracing. And then every time the waters got really rough because we were on four and five level rapids, I just kind of slid myself in between the two bumpers. So I was wedged in there really super tightly. (laughs) And then when it would calm down, I'd push myself back up and sit on up where I could see everything again. So it was kind of just this, the people there were willing to help me make it work. My husband was there and only once did he have to get out, put his arm over me and help me stay in the boat. Uh, We almost lost our guide on that one. It was kind of unexpected and he flew up out of his seat. So that was really good. It was incredible, but it, it was just an amazing experience for them to trust, um, me saying what I thought my ability was and to say, I can handle this with these modifications by being allowed to go in between, by having my husband there to help keep me, by having somebody sit on my feet, we were able to make it. So I was able to participate at my level of comfort. And then in the end, we got to this area that was super, super calm. We had five people in the boat that were there as passengers. And our guide, who was super sarcastic the whole time, He goes, well, if you want to go swimming, now's the time. Everybody thinks he's joking. Nobody's moving. And he says it again. So I look at him and go, you're serious. You're going to pull me back in. And he goes, yeah, I'll pull you back in. So I just got my feet out and tipped myself back into the water and went swimming in a glacial river in Denali. One of the coolest experiences ever, I have to say. Um, And of course, after I went in, everybody else is going, well, the wheelchair girl's going in. And then I guess we have to. Eventually, everybody except I think. I'm thinking even in a wetsuit, that water was cold. Oh, yes. You felt the impact on your whole body. It sucked the air right out of you when you hit. Um, Just, yes. I have trouble anymore at my age when it's, if it's 60 degrees, I'm freezing. Oh, I am definitely not a cold water, cold weather person. Even Alaska was a stretch for me. My body does better when I'm warm. Um, I hurt less everything, but I couldn't pass up this opportunity. It was just how many people can say they've gone swimming in a glacial river. How many people can say that they've been in that cold of water out there doing something like that? It's not very many. Yeah. Oh, it's not. (laughs) All right. So then you went on the cruise. Yes. And then we went on the cruise and we were on Holland America's um, New Amsterdam. And we had a really, really wonderful time. Overall, the ship had decent accessibility. Um, and we saw so many things. We had a veranda cabin and we would 
wake up in the morning and sit outside and we'd see whales spouting um, and just the otters playing in the water. It was phenomenal. Absolutely stunning. Yesterday. Now I've told my audience before, as much as I've cruised this year, that I'm only looking for extreme bargains because <laughs> I got to recoup some of the money I've spent. Yeah, <laughs> I, booked, on that. I booked New Amsterdam sister ship yesterday for a seven night cruise in um, from Fort Lauderdale the week before I'm doing the MSC inaugural cruise on the seascape, which brings me to one other thing that I need to let my audience know, not only that I'm on a new cruise that I put on the website uh, yesterday, uh, and also today, I understand out there in the interwebs that uh, some of the hierarchy of MSC cruises might be in the audience today. A little bird told me that. You have had accessibility issues with MSC. So yeah. let's talk about that because I did really well with my three MSC cruises. Well, I think it's important to note that um, just like not everybody has the same abilities with being able to walk and run and everything else, every wheelchair user has a different level of mobility. As somebody who uses a wheelchair full time, um, I don't walk. So that means that any time that standing is required, or anything else, I really, really struggle with that. Yeah. So for me, having uh, the ship was beautiful. I was on the uh, MSC shore and really loved the ship last year. It was gorgeous. One of the most beautiful ships I've ever been on. And we thought uh, it, it was a lovely ship. But there were things that I really struggled with. Um, opening the door to our balcony, there was an incline up to it, which I understand why that's there. Uh, but to try to roll up that in a manual chair and then have to stop the chair and try to open the door from that incline in a manual chair that is trying to roll back down that hill, it, it's pretty tricky. And there were some other doors that I really struggled with opening. And then for me, I really love the water. I love to swim to not be able to get into any of the pools was, was really disappointing for me uh, because there wasn't a single pool lift. Did you try to open the big, heavy wooden doors? Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Cause that I could, I mean, I'm a big old fat guy, but I couldn't get those open to get through them. Yeah, no, I wasn't able to open those on myself or on my own. So I had to rely on other people to assist with that. Excuse me. I live by an, I live on an Air Force base, so you can hear the planes sometimes. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> okay. All right. Now, here's something that I have a feeling that you and I are going to differ on. Lifts for pools and hot tubs. My opinion as a big fat guy is... Uh, okay, if I get in a lift and some poor slepper tries to pick up my girth and take me over and drop me in a pool, then everybody out there is going to go, oh, look at the big fat guy. It's on display for everybody. I would be horrified. You use lifts. I do. I do. It's so much safer for me to get in and out of the water using one. Otherwise, I'm doing a stair transfer where I'm just using my arms and having to get in and out. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. that's a bit difficult. So using the lift is safer. And especially if you have somebody with even less mobility than I do, they may not be able to do a step transfer. So even though it does feel a little bit like I should be charging for admission and yeah. <laughs> but but, you know, the other thing it does, though, is every time I use one, I get to bring a little bit more awareness. Oh, look, there are people here who need that. That's why that piece of equipment is there. Good golly, I never thought about how somebody with a disability gets into the water. Do you have problems finding the guys that have the key to unlock the thing to use them? 
Yes. Well, depending on where you are, I've been on a couple of ships where it's been really super easy and others where they had no idea where the lift was even located. They didn't know they had one. Um, and you had to set up an appointment for them to meet you there. So now all of a sudden, rather than being like the average guest who just gets to show up and use what they want to use, now we've got to have our day completely scheduled so that we're able to uh, have that lift there when we get there. It's better than not having a lift at all, but you know, sometimes you really want to be a little bit more spontaneous. So it can yeah. be a little bit tricky. And we'd like to raise that experience up so that that way we have an equitable experience where the guest who has a disability is able to be accommodated in the same way as somebody without a disability. And there are ways that we can talk about doing that, like where to keep it and who should know about it, et cetera. Um, that would make it a little bit easier, I think. So. Excursions. Are you having as much difficulty finding accessible excursions as I am? Yes, excursions are definitely a sore point. Um, it is difficult to find excursions. And then when you can find them, they're so much more because they have to be, in most cases, they're private excursions rather than um, the group excursions where they're able to get those costs a lot more reasonable. So it is difficult to find them. You have to start looking early, but I do want to um, take a second to highlight a company that is doing great work with building out accessible excursions. If you haven't used Will the World yet, they mm -hmm. are one of my very favorite company, companies. They went with me to Alaska the second time so that we could meet with excursion companies, talk about what their needs were and to help provide equipment for them uh, so that they're able to do better with accessible excursions. But the some of the biggest issues with the excursion companies, I, in fact, I think the largest issue is the transportation issue. Mm -hmm. uh, having the accessible vehicles in locations like Turks and Caicos um, or... Almost any Caribbean island. So, yes. Um, although I am happy to say... The two, there are two excursion companies or two transportation companies in Turks and Caicos that have accessible vehicles. They neither know about the other because they both say they're the only ones. But I took both of them when I was there last week. So I know there are two different ones. Okay. Uh, and they are fantastic. They're one of them, their lift can hold up to 800 pounds. And the other has a ramp that they built that has a, about a 600 pound threshold. So we've got companies that are able to do it in some locations and we're working on helping others, talking to them about the need for that accessibility as well. Um, but the the nice thing about what Will the World does is they go in and they map the properties, they map the, the different excursions, and then they provide adaptive equipment to help them become more accessible. And there's a lot of equipment out there that you can bring when you travel to make things just a little bit easier for you as well. Um, I'm sure that you know this already, but when you travel, when you fly, if you pack all of your medical equipment into one suitcase and you don't put anything else in there, you're not charged for that bag. So you can really bring as much medical equipment as you want. I brought a shower chair, a lifting mechanism called Adapt Strap System. Um, I bought, brought those things with me to beaches this past time, as well as my chair and all the things that go with that as well. And th those are just things that we know that make it easier to make those transfers. So some of it is really thinking outside of the box and figuring out how can I make sure that I'm accommodated when I get there until they have better accessibility. But we are trying to work on that and see how we can support some of these places to build out some better accessibility. Yeah. I am a scooter user as opposed to a chair user at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lightweight scooter that I use here at home, like for doctor's appointments and things like that, that I can easily pick up and put on my rack on the back of my car. Um, it is not heavy enough for me to be on a cruise because i I work cruise, you know, not only am I uh, filming and, and checking out all the accessibility issues, but I'm working on stuff for the channel. And so, you know, I need, and I need a basket cause I got to carry stuff around. I do my shows from on the, on the uh, ships. Um, so getting 
the transportation is the biggest problem almost anywhere. There is in Cozumel, there's a couple of the um, vans that are accessible. So I know there I can always get transportation to do something because I have a couple places I like to go. I've got some friends in Cozumel uh, and I love to go meet with them. Um, But other than that, Alaska, I was able to do a couple things, but through most of most of the Caribbean stops this year, I've not been able to do any excursions. Yeah, I'll get I'll get off and go go you know uh, riding around and you know, but uh, I like to go to a local bar and have a adult beverage and a little lunch, which is is my excursions for most places because I can't go anywhere else. Right. And then if you go to a beach that does have a beach wheelchair, it's a manual beach wheelchair, which um, if you've never pushed one of those, imagine trying to push a couch through sand. Right. It's not easy. It's, it's quite difficult. The wheels don't turn super well, even though they are uh, most of the time, they're not as maintained as they should be. So the air pressure and the tires isn't as high as it should be, which makes it even harder to push. So if I'm traveling with my husband, we usually do okay. But if I'm on a girl's trip or traveling by myself, then I'm just kind of out of luck with as far as using the beach goes because I can't push it myself. And most of the people, if I'm on a girl's trip, aren't going to be strong enough to get that chair to go where they want it to go. So I got two more questions I got to ask you, and then I got to get on with some news. I hate doing that. But anyway, you've got, you're working on putting together an accessible group to Alaska for next season. Yes, I've been asked um, by several of my clients if I would consider hosting an Alaska group trip and to do accessible an accessible trip. So yes, we'll be going to Alaska next year. So stay tuned. We'll post when we're ready to announce which cruise uh, has the most accessible rooms available on it. And uh, be sure to jump in on it quickly because it will uh, fill up. Those accessible rooms don't last terribly long. Right, right. I know that well. Okay. And I, I started messing around in this business, not in necessarily the travel business, but in the broadcast business. Uh, so many years ago, it's, I, I think Marconi was still working on his first radio. But anyway, it's been a long time. And all the years that I was involved in radio and television, and now I've been doing this for, Wow, close to 10 years now. I don't think I've ever interviewed a, a, a beauty queen. You've been in <laughs> beauty pageants. Tell me about it. So I am the current Ms. Wheelchair Texas. And we There we are. Um, and it is actually not a beauty pageant. It's an advocacy program designed to give women who use wheelchairs an opportunity to talk about issues that are important to them and to raise awareness about what it's like to live with a disability and to empower those who have disabilities to get out there and to push hard and keep living life despite what they face in their day-to-day life. Uh, I love being Miss Wheelchair Texas. It's given me the opportunity to make some great connections and to work on the accessibility right here in my own state and in my own community. Uh, because if people aren't comfortable getting out in their own towns and in their own states, they're certainly not going to be going on international travel or long vacations when they don't feel comfortable getting out in their own right. cities. And at least in, in this country, we've got the ADA. It's not the be all end all. No, it's, it's a great a start to better. accessibility. It's it's a great, great start to accessibility. Um, it doesn't regulate certain things like bed heights or putting trash cans in front of elevator buttons or making sure that the shower bench in the shower is within reach of the handles. Uh, you would not be surprised how often that's an issue. Um, they expect you to have monkey arms. <laughs> so the ADA has Me been a start, but we have a lot 
more to do to make businesses accessible, uh, to make restaurants accessible and to make hotels and even just shops uh, more readily inviting to families who have disabilities. Are you finding more facilities? And I was to say that as a general question, it, cruise ships as well as uh, hotels and restaurants that have automatic doors for the restrooms. No, we, we don't really. It's not as common as we'd really like to see. Even places that are known for doing well with accessibility don't always have those buttons or they might have them um, on their cruise products, but not on their land products. And uh, so it's, it's really an issue. If you um, think about everybody can relate to having a difficult door to open. Now imagine if you're sitting down and you can't use any strength from your lower body to help you open that door. You're doing it from the waist up, trying to do it from a seated position in a chair and it becomes a million times harder. So it is a really critical point to talk about these doors and getting those buttons on them. And we really would love to see more of that both on cruises and in uh, the general public land spots as well. My biggest project that I'm personally working on right now, because the way I have to go on, and you know, I'm a solo traveler, number one, I get my Uber from the hotel to the cruise board. Most of the time, if my scooter that I rent from Scooter Round has to be delivered to the cabin on the ship, all right? Then I have to get wheelchair service from the curb to go all through the crap you got to go through to get on a boat and get on the ship. And quite often, I can't get to my cabin to get the scooter because it's earlier than the cabins are ready. So one of my biggest issues is to get the cruise ports and cruise lines to allow scooter round to deliver the scooters at the terminal. And, you know, in some cases they do like in uh, New Orleans, some cruise lines do. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is an issue because for convenience sake, it's easier for them to be able to do that, especially if they have a whole lot to unload to be able to set them up ahead of time, uh, simplifies things for them but it does make it a little bit harder for the people who might need them uh, to have to wait until they get on board to be able to get access to that. It is a little bit tricky. Yeah. So. I've done it both ways. And it, for me, it is so much easier. Even, uh, well, let's see, was that in Miami? Yeah, I'm in Miami on, I don't even remember which cruise line. It's not Royal Caribbean because Royal Caribbean's policy is to the cabin. I'm working with their special needs coordinator and have made a proposal for the whole cruise line. Um, but whatever cruise line it was, not only did I get the, the scooter at the terminal, they drove it out to the curb. And um, I got on the scooter as I got out of the Uber and, you know, was able to go straight through from everywhere, which was that, that, was how awesome. convenient. that sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like to see. I like to see more than that. All right, Christy, I can't thank you enough for doing this. We're going to have to do this again because I still got, oh, probably. uh, Let me see here. uh, Four thousand one hundred and seventeen more questions that I didn't get to today. That's terrible. Well, yes, I'd love to do it again. I do have lots more I could talk about. So, (laughs) anytime, I'd I'd love to come back. All right, Christy. Thank you so much. I do have to get to the news, unfortunately. So thanks. And we'll see you next time. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. That's Christy Durso. Well, that was just terrific. I thoroughly enjoyed that, folks. She was just such a good guest. All right. I do have to get to the news today. I'll be back after a quick word from one of our network sponsors. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. 
Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, our lead story today has to do with Port Canaveral and the Artemis One scheduled launch. The new launch date has been set for the highly anticipated moon launch mission. And cruise travelers going to Port Canaveral need to be aware of it and maybe adjust some plans because there's going to be maybe a couple hundred thousand extra people in Port Canaveral when it happens. All right. Nassau is now targeting the next launch attempt of Artemis 1 mission for Monday, November 14th. The launch window is 69 minutes long and opens at 12.07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch that, folks. That's seven minutes after midnight. That means that this mob of people is going to affect the day before and the day of. So the 13th and 14th, you need to be aware of this, folks. Cruise travelers who may be planning to arrive a day or two early before the sailing may have difficulty finding available hotel rooms and should make the reservations like um, today, folks, or you may not get a room. Similarly, any guests arriving in Port Canaveral on Sunday the 13th will want to make reservations right away if they plan on extending their stay in Central Florida after the cruise. Uh, tourism in the region is going to be nutso for that couple of days. Guests should also contact hotels to confirm shuttle service to the cruise port on the 14th. While the launch window closes long before guests should be arriving at the port, the traffic snarls could be a problem and throw your schedule way off. Sunday, November 13th, and Monday, November 14th are both busy days for cruise traffic in Port Canaveral. On Sunday, MSC Maravilla, Carnival Magic, Jewel of the Seas, and Wonder of the Seas will be debarking and embarking guests. On Monday, three more ships will sail, Disney Wish, Carnival Liberty, and Independence of the Seas. Enchantment of the Seas has a port call that day. Should the November 14th launch be scrubbed or delayed, they do have alternative launch windows again. Wednesday, November 16th and Saturday, November 19th, both of the windows are in the early morning hours. So it's going to, you know, those days it's going to have the same problems. On each launch date, cruise travelers will not need to worry about parking at the cruise port as the port's parking garages are reserved for booked cruise travelers only. Local law enforcement officers will be on hand before, during, and after the launch windows to safely direct traffic and ensure that the guests reach the proper parking facility. I'm glad I am not sailing out of Port Canaveral on those days. As much as I'd like to see this thing, Man, I don't want to be around that one. All right, we still got to talk about a tropical storm, Carl. See where it is right now. And this is the cone of uncertainty. And this is where the unusualness of this storm comes into play. I've been doing this for a lot of years now, where I've been tracking these storms and watching them closely. As a result, I've learned a lot about meteor- meteorology, whatever that word is. 
Carl remains almost stationary. That just changed within the last hour, by the way. It was expected to begin moving toward the southeast or south-southeast today. Carl is located about 250 miles north-northeast of Veracruz, about 290 miles north of Kozakowala. Boy, I had this one down pat. Coatzacoalacus, Mexico. Maximum sustained winds are 50 miles an hour. For the past 14 hours or so, it's been stationary, sitting still. Just literally within the, just before the show started today, it began moving. It's now moving to the southeast at two miles an hour. So it's not moving very fast. Minimum central pressure is down to 1,002 and falling. Tropical storm watch is in effect for Tuxpan to Frontera. Interests elsewhere in southeastern Mexico should monitor the progress of the system. Additional watches and warnings may be required for portions of the coast of Mexico later today. A slow motion, motion toward the southeast or south-southeast has begun. Carl is expected to turn southward and then south-southwestward over the Bay of Campeche by tomorrow. The center of Carl could reach the coast of Tabasco or Veracruz states late Friday or early Saturday. Little change in strength is expected today. Carl should gradually lose strength on Friday as it approaches the Bay of Campeche coast of Mexico. Carl's expected to produce up to 12 inches of rain across portions of Veracruz and Tabasco states. From uh, Friday into Saturday, rainfall amounts of up to six inches is also expected across portions of Chiapas and Oaxaca. Come on, my tongue's not working. Oaxaca. The rain amounts can produce flash flooding along with mudslides and higher terrains. Now, the problem, folks, and what makes this thing so different is this turn to the southwest. That's not the direction these storms go this time of year. These storms come across and go to the northeast, even if they cross all the way across central or Mexico to the Pacific coast. They never turn to the south. So this is really a rarity. Uh, The other problem, folks, from Julia and the storm before that, this whole area has had tons of rain so you throw another foot of rain in some of these areas now we're having some serious life-threatening mudslide issues to deal with so all you people down there need to stay on top of things and be aware of it tough situation for folks down there in mexico all right the norwegian joy This was, uh, again, a somewhat unusual situation. The February 24th Los Angeles to Miami sailing of the Norwegian Joy has been dramatically altered from its previously published schedule. In an email to travel partners, Norwegian Cruise Line announced the change. Some ports dropped, others added, some hours changed. Ports of Call and Puerto Vallarta, San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, Punta Reinas, Costa Rica, have been completely removed from the schedule. In addition to dropping port visits, the ship plan call in Puerto Quetzal, Guatemala, has been altered. The ship, previously expected to port from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., will now stay until 7 p.m. That's on the 2nd of March, by the way. To make up for the missing ports, now this was kind of cool, Acapulco has been added. To the ship's itinerary on February 28th. Um, And also an overnight stay in Panama City, Panama, which has been added to the itinerary. So you're at least getting two nice additions, and even though you're losing three original ports. Norwegian Cruise Line has not offered any clarification about why Norwegian Joyce itinerary have been so dramatically changed, other than citing, quote, unforeseen circumstances, end quote. 
I hate that cruise lines do this. Let's be transparent, folks. It's possible that uh, that rising crime in the region could be a factor for the port alterations. State Department has issued warnings for the region, as has the Canadian government. Tourists are often targeted for petty crimes such as muggings, pickpocketing, or theft. But more violent crimes, including assault and kidnapping, are also possible. While such instances are rare, cruise lines prefer to use a cautious approach to ensure their guests and crew members are protected. I don't disagree with that, but be honest. Tell us why you're doing this. Tell us that's the issue. Wow. Unforeseen circumstances? No. Come on, Norwegian. It's not just Norwegian. All of them do that. Carnival has made another change in their policy. They quietly updated the onboard frequently asked questions to include the enforcement policy about reserving sun loungers. I've heard so many people complain about this. This move, which now implements a tagging system to prevent excessively saving seats, follows a recent trim by the cruise lines instituting new policies to curb unacceptable behavior on the ships. Of course, they're still not talking about the real cause of the behavior. According to Carnival's website, Frequently Asked Questions, Carnival has a system designed to ensure that all guests are able to enjoy equal access to sun loungers by preventing seat saving in outdoor deck areas. Frequent cruisers are very familiar with seat-saving tactics, which often include using a towel, flip-flops, a piece of fruit, or other item to quote-unquote reserve a chair by giving it the appearance of being in use, when in reality, the person who put the item on the chair may not return for hours to actually use the chair. Guests reserving sun loungers or deck chairs for long periods are often returned to referred to as chair hogs. Reserving chairs can be a source of great frustration on a cruise, especially when deck space may be limited and available uh, chairs scarce, particularly on sea days. Now, Carnival Cruise Line is seeking to cut down on chair reservations, incidents with a monitoring system, and taking steps to ensure guests are aware of the policy. According to the Cruise Line website, team members monitor sun lounge usage and if they observe a seat that contains a towel or personal belongings but appears to be unoccupied a notification is placed on the chair including the time the notification may be in place a piece of tape or other sticker so good for carnival i think that's excellent good morning my uh, oxygen uh, delivery just got here. Let me tell you one thing while I'm making uh, mention of it. The one that has the cap on it, uh, that one would not seed even with the trick with the extra washer. And that it still spews. So that one, that one needs fixing. All right. So you'll hear my, hear my guy uh, delivering the oxygen here uh, behind me. So, all right, where are we? Here we are. Geez, that looks like another Norwegian ship, doesn't it? The Norwegian Escape resumed service yesterday in Chvetavekia. After spending most of September at a dry dock in France, the vessel is welcoming guests for the final part of the 2022 season in the Eastern Mediterranean. The program, which started in May, includes nine to 11-night cruises to popular destinations in Greece, Malta, Italy, and France. Following an incident that took place earlier this year, the dry dock period was confirmed by Norwegian in June. If you remember, the escape got stuck in the mud in the Dominican Republic and it damaged the boat. That's what happened. Honest, I wouldn't kid you. 
All right, that wraps up the news portion of today's show. Again, my thanks to Christy. That was, uh, for me, a fantastic interview. All right, let's jump over and see who's in the chat room today. If anybody paid absolutely any attention to what was going on with the show, or if you're just constantly uh, chatting, which is possible too. Mike's with us. Hi, Mike. Yo, yo, Brooklyn's in the house. Hi, Eddie. Uh, Eddie, I have not heard from um, uh, Martin today, so I'm assuming he, he will be here. Normally, if he's not, he will have said something. I'm assuming he's going to be in the show this afternoon. Uh, but stand by just in case. Cindy's with us. Hi, Cindy. Of course, everybody's saying back and forth, hello back and forth. Eddie says... CBD, HTC, gummy bears, and it's also some chocolate mints. You got the letters right. Ah, always screw those things up. Kenneth with us says, good morning, everybody from rainy Pennsylvania. Supposed to get snow in the next couple of days. Elizabeth, I don't want to hear that word. We had rain last all night last night. It rained pretty good. Uh and he says, send some his way in Georgia. I don't think that's going to happen. I'll swap for some sunshine any day. And he says, that's cool. We get more than two inches a year of snow. Yeah, that's that's why I don't live in Pennsylvania anymore, Kevin. <laughs> I did about 20 years up there and got tired of that. Nikki's with us. Hi, Nikki. Down in Jacksonville. Blaine's with us with Rally Creative Travel. How you doing, Blaine? Packing as we head to Florida, Horizon on Saturday. Nice. Rich is with us. This is very insightful. Thanks for having this delightful guest on. I thank her and her family for their service to our country. Agree totally, Rich. I, I enjoyed that immensely, and she will be back. I promise you, because I got a whole bunch more to talk to her about, especially when I, you know, find out other things and, you know, I want to, I want to be involved in some of the things she's working on too, especially the excursions. So great interview. She's an inspiration. Thanks, Nikki. Hot air. Tom's with us. The cruise where you got to scoot around at the curb was our NCL sky cruise in August. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that worked extremely, Extraordinarily well. Uh, both of my cruises in Tampa, which is a Royal Caribbean and a Carnival, both cruises, the um, scooter will be delivered in the terminal. So I don't know if that has been changed on all of Royal Caribbean yet, but I found it interesting that at least in Tampa, they do it that way. Uh, by the way, I didn't, I, I just mentioned this while I was talking to Christy. I did book the new Staten Dam yesterday on December the 3rd, uh, if any of you are interested. And yes, I got a bargain, a real bargain. That's probably the best bargain I've had all year. Uh, but anyway, I will be on that and then. I get back into Fort Lauderdale, and the next day I sail on the MSC Seascape. Um, again, I hope some of the MSC folks did make it in the audience today to uh, sample out the show. Uh, you guys know what that's about. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, that's what's up. So, I still got to work out you know, getting my hotels and all that business around uh, the new cruise. I have not done that part of it yet, but that I'll work on today. October 23rd, Seattle to Miami cruise has had a number of changes. Nicaragua and San Diego were dropped a few months ago. Last week, Costa Rica was dropped in an overnight in Panama City added. Very nice. Katie's with us. I'm late, but made it. Hi, everyone. Hi, Katie. Rumors are that Costa Rica canceled the port stop having trouble with port workers. That's a, that's always a, an issue as well. Um, Katie says cruise halls 
incredible memories travel. That would be, that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be Christy. I use a manual chair with a smart drive. Using a manual chair means I can work my upper body in the smart drive by Promobile gives me extra support when I need it. Both Best of both worlds. That's a good one to know. Hot Air says the, the seat saving is getting worse as even moved to the spa thermal area. Hot stone loungers, I'm not supposed to I'm not opposed to removing the items. Katie meant chair hogs. Yeah. Well, that was never a big issue with me because I've never been. I have too much to do. Even when I was out at the pool and could get in the pool or get in a hot tub because I can, I am somewhat ambulatory. But I've never been one to take the time to lay out in the sun. I got too much to do when I'm on a cruise. So that's never particularly been an issue with me the one time i did notice it was when we were on the i was on the group cruise with jj cruz and we were trying to uh find places for all of us to meet and hang out when some of us were going swimming some of us were in the hot tub some of us were eating you know all those things you do on the pool decks uh and it was at times difficult for us to come up with a, a section for a, a gang Hot Air says my wife uses a a uh, Airhawk power chair, but she can walk short distances. How how much of a problem is it for you to get to airplane seats? Uh, let's see if Christy got that one. Yes, and I sell escape. Escape. I love the escape. I use an aisle chair to get to my seat. Okay. Eddie says he got it. Thanks. And go Tampa. Yeah, Cindy, Cindy and I will be together on the carnival portion of, of that uh, three uh, cruise uh, agenda coming up here in uh, two weeks or so. Uh, and I will, of course, folks, I will try to have our shows every day wherever I am through all of this or in my traveling days, even if I pull over to a McDonald's and do the show in the car, I've done that many a time. So we'll keep that up too. All right, guys, that's going to wrap me up today. Don't forget this afternoon with the demonstration. That's one o'clock my time, 12 o'clock Amigo John's time and six o'clock Amigo Martin's time. I'm looking forward to uh, sampling some THC and D, D, whatever those letters are. Anyway, that's going to wrap up today, guys, as always. Oh, thumbs up. We always appreciate that. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please consider doing so. Doesn't cost anything. Helps me out a lot. I'm shooting for 60,000 subscribers by tomorrow. That's my plan. Anyway, that's going to wrap me up for today. You know, subscribe, hit that little bell notification so you'll know when I go live or when a new video is up. And as always, guys, stay safe, stay healthy. Think about cruising. Hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. This is the old fat travel guy. Have a fantastic day. See you tomorrow. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry. So if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. 
One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.